1: So if you're looking for more coverage of the world of Japanese wrestling, check out the Emerald Flow Show on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network, available on all of your favorite podcast apps. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Uh, uh oh uh, uh, competition starting to get thick it's the
0: click so I hope you watch your a game a made no rain from the track when we unite united fit this isn't a game better bring your a game, a game competition starting to get thick it's the click so I hope you watch your a game a mate no rain from the track when we
2: unite hey now it's the Mike and JD show and I'm your host Mike Gilbert and I'm joined as always by JD the little cutie Oliva hi jD I was wondering if somebody would refer to me as that today. And I
0: should have known it was you. I should have (laughs) known. Yeah. So uh, I was, uh, I I always keep my computer open during school. So I have like 10 different things open because, you know, I sit at a desk all day and uh, I was talking to a friend on on, uh, Messenger, Facebook Messenger, and then all of a sudden I get a message that says, hi, little cutie. And I thought it was them at first. I'm like, what the fuck? Why would you sit? Oh, oh, this is some random person. I didn't know how to break it to him that I was neither little nor a cutie.
2: So yeah, I blocked them and you know moved on. Dude, um, so I made the worst mistake of my life in uh 2020. So when I moved a lot, to...
0: of, a lot of a lot of bad mistakes were made in 2020, my friend.
2: Yes. Yeah. So when I moved to uh Vandenberg in like I think twenty seventeen. <laughs> Um, I was in a new county. So I moved from Solano County, which is like up north near the Bay Area, down to Santa Barbara County, which is more like on the Central Coast. And so in 2020, I registered to vote in that county. So I moved my registration so I could vote in the local election. Cause like as you get closer to 40, you start caring about like who your local congressman, who like the city council is. Like you you need you need to be in on that stuff. And so I'm like, so I registered to vote. I registered to vote as a Democrat there. And I made the mistake of giving the Democratic Party my phone number. Oh worst mistake I've ever made in my life, right? So um I put my phone number down. And to this day I get texts from Joe Biden. Well, not only that now, because of that, they sent my phone number out to all these like spam bots everywhere. And like, I'll get like a, uh, like a random, like, Hey Greg, how are you doing? And it's like a picture of like some Asian chick. I'm just like uh, report junk and delete, you know, just not messing with that. I get it on WhatsApp and I get it on my, my messenger all the time.
0: So, you know, my politics, I'm just at the left of Bernie Sanders. Yeah. And, uh, I someone was being funny and decided to submit my phone number to one of the MAGA sites, so I get oh all <laughs> kinds of MAGA spam all the time, and somebody so I have a friend who's right leaning who thinks this is fucking hilarious and will not and they will not reveal themselves to me oh, so as great. to who did. I know they fucking got me. It's really good <laughs> too. Because every like every day I have to hit stop. Every day I have to hit yeah. unsubscribe. It's such a pain in the ass, and it's such a great troll job. I just wish I knew who did it.
2: So I recently um I I think I told this to you and Muse that um recently, so I'm doing my absentee ballot, so I'm not voting in the local election here, but I'm still voting in um, Santa Barbara County. So since I'm overseas, I get to do what is called absentee voting, believe it or not, regardless of what the Republicans will have you believe, like voting by mail has always been a thing Yes, and and it's something that I've just been doing for 20 years. So anyway, so I, I, I ended up registering as a Republican this time because I thought I was like, you know what? I can't vote in the primaries in California unless I'm a Republican. So I was like, okay, well, I wanted to vote against Trump twice (laughs) just to be petty. So I registered as a Republican and, um, sure enough, people have picked up on that. So now like I get ads from like Newsmax, I'm like, oh my gosh. So thankfully I have not gotten like, I don't think I've gotten any like text messages from them. I still get like, Hey Mike, this is Joe Biden here. I'm just like, oh my gosh, leave me alone. But now, but I'm getting a lot of ads on like uh, X and on like Facebook for like uh like republican stuff now
0: dude ads are so weird michelle and i were driving the car on sunday and we were flirting with the idea of going to universal hollywood for a vacation just flirting with the idea you know we got a couple more years where andy still wants to hang out with us like we had a good time in florida but it was so damn hot they were like maybe we should try california mike i have gotten so many universal hollywood advertisements on my facebook on twitter sending to my phone like i just mentioned the idea in the car briefly and all of a sudden i'm getting this targeted advertising constantly call that a coincidence sir yeah yeah
2: uh, just so everybody knows wants to know out there i i am not like a party guy like i i think they're all full of crap so they don't are. come at me I, don't don't come at me either way i don't like anybody Um, But I do feel it's important to vote. And so I always make sure that I'm registered um, and that I can try to make a difference. Um, So I I think that stuff's important. But yeah, don't don't act like don't act like I'm some like left wing guy or some right wing guy. I am neither. I'm just I'm just a dude that wants to see cool ass wrestling and talk about aliens like that's all I care about.
0: I'm a left wing guy. You can you can put that stuff yeah. up. First, JD Take it off the mic, put it on to me because that's
2: yeah, JD's accurate. like total, total lib.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I and mean, they lived hard, I believe is the phraseology that they like to use.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um speaking uh speaking of uh MAGA, Toby Keith died. Uh TNA legend. TNA
0: legend, yeah. I was Yeah, uh, TNA
2: legend, Toby Keith.
0: Stomach cancer, I believe is what I read. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that sucks, sucks,
2: dude. Like yeah. you know, like you Yeah. It's a rough way to go. Um, but I thought, you know, we've, it's kind of another dark way to, to start the program. Like we've started pretty dark the last two weeks, but I, um, I told this story on Brace for Impact years ago. And so I was like, you know what? I think I need to tell my Toby Keith story. JD, I don't even know if you remember this story. Ah, vaguely go ahead. Okay. Here comes the train. I'm going to hit mute. Okay. So in 2010, I'm deployed in Afghanistan and, um, they, my first sergeant comes around the clinic and he's like, he's like, hey Gilbert, we need we need bodies. I was like, bodies for what, sir? And he's like, Toby Keith's playing a concert tonight and uh, we need a bunch of people in the crowd. Like, he he we're not bringing Toby Keith all the way out here to Afghanistan and like nobody goes. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure enough people are gonna go to a free concert even if they're not fans. Like, I really don't want to go. And he's like, why? I was like, cause I can't fucking stand Toby Keith like I had a resentment against Toby Keith from my uh, my basic training days cuz they played a lot of his songs in basic training especially the dumb one about sticking a boot in people's asses which he's probably never even done in his life right so um I, I just felt like this guy was um no no one made more money off of terrorism besides defense contractors than Toby Keith okay that that was kind of my that was Toby, kind of my stance on him Toby Keith and Dick
0: Cheney yes that's yeah, about it
2: yeah so so they, they, they go, okay, well, look, let, let me rephrase this. I'm putting your name down, and you're going to be there. I was like, all right, which, which is hilarious because that's kind of what I do now. Like, I work as a first sergeant, so um, it's my job to go get people to do shit that they don't want to do. Like, that's my job now. So And I think I've earned that right because I have been the guy that had to do a bunch of shit he didn't want to do. To include, I was supposed to go to this Toby Keith concert. Well, uh, later in the day before the concert comes, we end up getting rocketed. Like oh. a bunch of bombs just start going off it's like i hear boom, boom, boom. i'm like oh shit so we you know with all the sirens go off i get on my full battle rattle i'm working in a trauma center so i'm preparing to to take on patients and this and that and uh like 30 minutes go by and we get the all clear and we're like, what the hell happened? It was like, oh, it was just like small RPG, n- did no damage, no damage to any buildings. Nobody got hurt. We're good to go ahead and go back to work. And I'm like, oh, okay. And they go, oh, and uh, Toby Keith canceled this concert. And everybody starts high-fiving. like, fuck, yeah. We're not gonna <laughs> <see him." laughs> it's like, it was like the best bombing that we ever had. Like nobody got hurt and no, no structural damage. And nobody had to go see Toby Keith in concert. It was a win. Uh, you know, I'm not a – politics
0: aside, I am not a country music fan at all. Like, I just, I think it's something you have to kind of grow up with. And my, neither one of my parents were country music fans. So I've just never quite gotten into it. My wife likes country music. And I just, I don't let her ever touch the radio when we're in the car together. <laughs> so it's a rule. So like, yeah, man, I don't, ugh, I don't, couldn't do it. But, you know, he was, he was
2: a big part of the founding of TNA. He was almost the owner for a brief he, period. He, him and Jeff Jarrett tried to buy TNA. He actually was on the very first episode. And then he was supposed to go see G. W. Bush that night, um, at the White House. This is according to Jeff Jarrett, so this could be total bullshit, but this is Cardi. just a story that's been told forever. Um, but instead he turned down a White House invitation to make sure that he was a. Uh, he was there at TNA. Now, look, I hated country music at the time, but for some reason, like as I got closer to forty, I started to appreciate it a bit more. And I think we had this whole conversation about Ken Burns' country music documentary. We did actually, uh, yeah. And uh, and I started to like uh, in, enjoy it a lot more. I. I uh I don't enjoy like the um the stuff, but they do have some very soulful singers and some really good songs and I think Chris Stapleton's pretty uh pretty good. But I just um, we just
0: heard a Chris Stapleton song in the wrestling my first ever Chris Stapleton song in the wrestling room today. It wasn't terrible. Sam our yeah. friend Sam put together a country music list for me. Uh I lost a bet. So I had to yeah. listen to this stuff. And um <laughs> it was uh it was an experience, I'll just say that. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, but Hey, uh, guys, I, I didn't know when he was coming on, Sorry. but, uh, J- JD, I, I, you and I didn't talk about this, but you're in, you're in a group chat with, uh, with a one, BJ Bethel. So I invited yes. BJ, I invited BJ Bethel on. And before I bring him on, I just want to give him a quick introduction. So he is like, he's a legit journalist. He's not like like a couple idiots like JD and I, Weird, and he's not one he's not one of these loser content creators who paid their way to Vegas to go see WWE do a pep rally and then found out once they got there they weren't allowed to ask questions, which is hilarious. But uh, <laughs> like couldn't happen to a nicer group of people than uh, than the people that showed up for that thing. But he he he's been following this WWE scandal story pretty closely, so I wanted to bring on a guy who's like in his civilian job he's a he's like an actual journalist, so. Uh, BJ, welcome to the show, man. Thank you for being here. BJ Bethel. BJ Bethel, are you there? Nope. Uh, oh, it says he's there.
0: Maybe he stepped out. Maybe put him, put him back into the thing. And then, Hey BJ, when you're ready to go, if something that you just, uh, just text us or something real quick and we'll, we'll, we'll yeah, back.
2: I'll, I'll pull up, I'll pull up my Twitter. And um JD go go ahead take over. I'm gonna send yeah. DJ a message.
0: Um I, I love being put on the spot like this. So good buddy King yeah. of the North says, uh just just gonna make sure that Mike and JD haven't lost their minds. I feel like I'm in a better place this week with my pro wrestling fandom. Um dynamite was really good last night, and the pro wrestling world is completely on fire, so I'm super entertained by all of this, right? So I, I think I'm in a pretty good place right now, dude. The state series continues tomorrow we have our sectional tournament it's uh, this is the big one you win you go to state you lose you go home so we got a big weekend coming up in in our school i'm i'm pretty i'm pretty fired up to be quite honest with you i'm going on a radio i'm going on a radio show tomorrow to do an interview for the school i'm pretty excited
2: that's awesome man that's really yeah. cool um BJ right now is having some technical difficulties. He just hit me up in the chat. So ah, okay. um, we we will we will wait for for BJ. Um so he, here's what I want to start off with, and then BJ can just slide in. I'll go ahead and add. Oh, he, he escaped. Okay, so he'll be back. So here here's what I want to start off with. Um, and I know some people have been talking about this, but I've been saying this since like the moment it happened. The rock returning to WWE and Cody's story is a total psyop. Yes you have. They they are creating a controversy to distract you from the fact that there is a sex trafficking scandal, not only with Vince McMahon and people are pointing the finger at Vince and he's probably the worst offender, but there's a sex trafficking scandal like they're being sued, the company the itself company, is being company. sued. Yes. So it's not just it's not just Vince McMahon. And members of the media are in on this psyop. Some are unwitting participants, and some are very winning participants. I'm telling you right now, if you go back to um, Friday night, Saturday morning, and look at Conrad Thompson and Dave Lagreca's Twitter, and see what they're posting, they were very much a part of this uh, distraction. They're very like it was those two guys who are popular on Twitter who have got a big following within the wrestling community. They're out there hashtagging, we want Cody. They got this whole thing started. And the next thing you know, every single website that we have ended up following suit. Like I said, some of them are just unwitting participants in a psyop, but this is a total, like a total distraction to keep people talking about anything other than this big scandal that's going on in WWE. And the
0: sad part is it's working just perfectly.
2: Yeah. They had 20,000 people at their pep rally today.
0: I love that you're calling in the pep rally. That's exactly that's, what That's it what it was.
2: They called it a press conference, but they didn't allow anybody to ask any questions. It's not a it press was, conference. It's a pep rally.
0: Mm-hmm. Rah, rah. Sis, boom, bah. God forbid Triple Nose has to answer a question. God, I hate that guy. I, 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 found, I found people are actually liking when I get angry at Triple H. Stick around.
2: Won't take much. Yeah, yeah. Especially. Let me see if, uh, if BJ is ready.
1: BJ, uh, are you I there? Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, good. <laughs> All right. That's the positive.
2: Yeah, man. So, BJ, you've been um, not only following this story that just broke, but you've been kind of on the cusp of this one for a long time, and you've um, been kind of like covering the seedy underbelly of the, of not only the WWE but the pro wrestling world for you know 20 years. Um, what man? What are you making of, of of just kind of how this thing is all playing out right now?
1: I think that this is probably the worst nightmare WWE could have had. This is, I mean, they got Vince, they got his phone, they got all of his communications. Um, they The criminal complaint laid out by uh, Janelle Grant, the victim, and um, Ann Callis, who is a dynamite attorney. He was the first, feder- you know, female uh, chief judge in the state of Illinois. Um, she's a killer. And... Um, It's bad news for them. I I just don't see how this doesn't end without, you know, a few people going to jail and a lot of people never working in the business again. What a shame.
2: Yeah. And so this is, so a lot of people think that this is just a lawsuit, but there's an actual federal investigation happening and the, the feds, the federal, like the FBI actually got, you know, Vince's like cell phone and a lot of A lot of the things that the allegations are based around is, you know, his cell phone activity, right?
1: Yes. Um, Wall Street Journal ran this last week. I got word of it that something was coming down about the night before. But what what happened is is last year, people remember that there was a uh, release by WWE. It was after the uh, second quarter saying that there was a grand jury seated in federal court and it was looking over activities involving Vince McMahon. And at the time, people believed this had to do with the payoff issues and the Securities Exchange Commission investigations about, because, you know, post Janelle Grant, um, he paid a a payoff to uh, Rita Chatterton, who's believed to be one, he was one of the victims in 1986. She's a former female referee there. And and, and there was somebody else that was undisclosed from around the mid 2000s. Um, well, that wasn't the case. This was—they uh, were looking in rape charges, sexual assault, and sexual trafficking. Very, sim- very similar to the uh, allegations brought by uh, Miss Grant, and um, it's been seated since last June. So um, I've asked the law firm. I've asked other people what's going on with the federal charges. They won't give me any answers. But um, the fact that. You know somebody from the feds have been talking about it since june it tells me that you know they're probably in a lot of trouble this isn't this isn't just a lawsuit you pay money you go away this is now federal criminal grand jury stuff this is something where somebody's going to prison probably
2: yeah and and say say they do settle the lawsuit right and vince pays a bunch of hush money which is what his mo is um you're not immune like federal investigators can get copies of those NDAs and use those against you. Right. Like, like those are submissible in court. Am I right?
1: Um, yeah. In criminal court, an NDA means nothing. If anything, yeah. it just shows a wave. It gives them a trial. It gives them a paper trail to go back and talk to witnesses. Um, this was a situation that happened in the steroid trial. Emily Feinberg, who was one of Vince McMahon's secretaries, she um, was called the witness and she had signed an on, disclosure agreement and uh, like many events of secretaries at the time she signed an nda and she ended up having to testify because it was in criminal court if you're in criminal court an nda doesn't mean anything um it doesn't matter how much money if they bring you in to testify and you're a witness you better tell the truth and it doesn't matter how much money you took or whatever uh that's how it works you can't subvert the criminal justice system that way um and you know the sheer narcissism to believe they could keep operating this way is just kind of crazy um i don't think anybody i think for 90 percent of the wrestling world i don't think the reality of this hit of this of this is hit um i i you know i i was asking questions about it back in june i'm like okay maybe this is this payoff oriented but what if it isn't this is the biggest story in maybe the history of the business and um But I didn't know any better. I I certainly didn't expect this. Um, But um, I've been tracking a lot of this since about 2002 when I covered some, you know, WWE and I had sources and developmental and places like that. And I began hearing stories about Vince um, going all the way back to the plane ride from hell, which ended up being multiple plane rides from hell. Um, And it's just I think there's going to be a lot of stuff that's going to come out that no one's heard. Um, but it depends on who ends up testifying and it depends on who, you know, who, you know, if anybody joins Grant's lawsuit, nobody else has joined it, but they are getting a lot of feedback. And I've been told by the law firm representing Grant that, um, to stay tuned, it looks like they're going to be working something out possibly with more victims to come forward. I don't know that for certain, but that's kind of what they implied, but, um, but, to me, that's kind of a big deal. Um, but you know, I mean, I feel bad for the wrestlers there. I feel bad for people not involved, but for the people at the very top, I'm, this has been something they've known about for a very long time. And I think Ari Manuel and Mark Shapiro trying to play dumb to it, you know, doesn't work for me either.
0: I mean, that can't be a surprise to anybody who's followed this business for more than a decade, right? This, We're talking about WWE 30 years ago, they skirted, right? The the federal government went after them for the steroids thing, which they didn't really have anything on when the ring boy scandal and the Rita Chatterton thing where there was actual evidence for that, but the steroids was sexy in the nineties. So they went that way. And that was a huge mistake because all it did was embolden Vince. And if anything, he got worse. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: Well, the steroid, the steroid trial, there was a lot of unwillingness on the part of wrestlers to testify against Vince. That was one of the things that worked in his favor. The other thing was that the FBI screwed up the prosecution. There was technicalities involved. Um, That's kind of what saved Vince in the end. But also, you got to remember Tom Cole, who was part of the Ring Boy scandal who uh, was on the Phil Donahue episode in 92 that featured Dave Peltzer, superstar Billy Graham, Bruno Sarmatino, other people talking about it, um, the abuse that happened there. Tom Cole killed himself in 2020, a year after Ashley Massaro did.
0: Mm-hmm. And his
1: brother blames the stuff that happened to him in WWE for ruining his life. Now, later on, he came out and said, you know, I think Linda McMahon tried to do right by me. And he, he supported her to run he supported her to run for uh, Senate and connecticut but you know according to the brother you know i mean that's another victim that's out there um that's somebody people know about um mm-hmm. they ended up firing a, they ended up firing somebody backstage because of what happened to cole so you know it, it's you know there's going to be a lot of things that come out of this that come back 30 40 years maybe possibly i don't know that for certain but that's that's the breadth of what we're looking at here so we come back to the 80s possibly
0: yeah, well, the Rita Chatterton definitely goes back to the 80s and 86. I mean, like, that's unfortunately that's a her word versus his, and those are the hardest cases to kind of prove sometimes. Yeah, but the stuff that's come out, I see Constantine Kiros kind of like crawled out from underneath his rock and did a news, <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, and that guy's you know, that guy's a little can be a little shady sometimes, but he was talking about the issue because the WWE claims Ashley Massaro never made a formal complaint when that's. Bullshit. We know it's bullshit. So it yeah. seems well, like Lord Knight
1: is confirmed that wasn't true yesterday. Yeah,
0: I saw that. So I mean, that's and it sure seems like old Johnny Ace is working super hard to save his own ass right now. You know, he's he's reliving you know two thousand all Japan right now, trying to protect himself while everyone else <laughs> is getting out of ship. So I mean, like I don't think anyone could be surprised by this, to be honest. Yeah, with
1: he's uh, it's like he doesn't have Kawada to keep him company. You know, um. Yeah. Mrs. Baba's not uh,
0: around to protect him anymore. So yeah, Mrs. Bob is
1: not around. Yeah, and that's a whole other scandal to talk about. But, um, but it, it, you know, I, I think this was a. I, I just don't understand why they thought. I mean, when he got booted, he just he got fired. He had no real legal recourse. He's gonna do what he has to do to protect himself. Um, you know, Johnny Ace, and he did not have the best reputation in the history of the business, and. Um, And I mean, the Janelle Grant allegations against him are horrible. Um, And if anyone's read the 67 page complaint, I've read a I've read a lot of horrible criminal complaints in my time. And I mean, this is a civil complaint. It was it's up there with the worst. Um, But I mean, you know, Ace, I think, is going to do what he has to do. I mean, maybe he'll try to work with the feds. I don't know. Maybe he is. I have no idea. But um, it, it's going to be a long slog through this. I mean, most grand juries take about a year. I have a feeling this might be a little sooner, depending on if it's just centered around Vince and maybe some of his key figure guys and just goes back a few years. Maybe it's not as long. But, I mean, you're looking at potentially years upon years upon years of evidence, of discovery of witnesses. And, you know, and it's and people had knowledge of this stuff all over the company. Um, it was well known throughout the business, and oh, um, and it's gonna be. It there's a lot of stuff that's gonna come out of this, and I think it's gonna shake a lot of people up. But you know, I think WWE and N will be all right. Um, you know, there's creative people out there that can take over. Certain people can't, you know, and they're gone. But um, but yeah, it's it, it's definitely been a shocking couple weeks. I mean, things have moved pretty fast since. Uh, Grant's lawsuit came out, but, um, but it's also, it's been, it's, it's been time. I mean, what happened to her is pretty laid out. There's text message evidence. There's, I mean, it looks like possibly video evidence just in the complaint alone. They had a lot of Vince's text messages. Um, it, it, it doesn't look good for them.
0: No, it doesn't. And like, I don't know, like there's a sick part of me that thinks it's, that that's really like, Oh, chickens are finally coming home to roost. Like, it's just – I don't understand how anybody could follow this company for any length of time and not just wholeheartedly go, yeah, I totally believe everything about this because this has happened in some way, shape, or form since the early – or since the mid-80s. So, yeah, I mean, what – where does this go from here? Like, the feds typically – this stuff typically doesn't leak until the feds are ready to pursue a case. So, I mean, is this where we're headed next? I mean, uh, will we see an, uh, a, an arrest and an indictment of Vince McMahon soon?
1: I would imagine at some point, I mean, grand juries don't take much to do an indictment. Ham sandwich on on
0: the, cli- the, they say that the grand yeah. jury will die to ham sandwich. That's the cliche. Yes, that gets, unless, you're you
1: know. a, unless you're a police officer with qualified <laughs> immunity, it's very hard to get indicted or it's very hard not to get indicted. And, um, uh, Yeah, I I don't just based on the Grant allegations, I think that, you know, an indictment's probably going to be coming. I'd also say based on just what happened with Grant, the way that it happened within the business, um, the way she was used within the business, the way this involved multiple people in the business. I mean, I think it could possibly be a RICO case. Um, Now, a lot of the charges on here aren't normally associated with RICO cases, but that doesn't mean. You know, they the Fed still couldn't try to push that. Um, I mean, we really don't know until they present what they have. But um, I think this is going to go a long time, and I, I really think it's going to really shake up WWE in the wrestling business. I, you know, they were kind of the last bastion of carnyism in their pro wrestling pro wrestling business. I think that's one reason why you know former people there hated on places like AEW and TNA and and other places so much that kind of either cleaned up their act or started pretty new and you know you know nobody's perfect by any means but you know i mean wwe's got a lot of they got a lot of dirt around that place and you know it just i mean there's a lot of arrogance to think this was never going to come forward at some point i think i think if people thought it was probably going to come after you know vince died he is 78 years old he's getting up there he's had health issues but um But, I mean, sooner or later, it was going to come out. And, you know, here we are. And, you know, I mean, some of us have been waiting 20 years on this, you know, just to see if, I mean, not waiting, you know, you know, with my hands clasped together, hoping this happens and breaks through. But just thinking, you know, sooner or later, this stuff's going to come out. Someone's going to complain. And, uh, you know, and and the courts are going to pay attention. And so is law enforcement. And that's what's happened.
0: It's funny. Uh, people who don't know what a RICO case is, allow me to recommend the film "The Dark Knight." They break it down pretty well in that movie.
1: Yes, um, yeah,
2: it's, and uh, Giuliani. Yeah, Giuliani basically made his bones in a RICO case. Yeah,
1: yeah. He he made his whole career in New York as a uh, you know district attorney using RICO to bust the mob in New York. Um, but uh, I, I don't know if that'll apply. I've had a lot of people I've talked to to that think that's possibly going to happen just with the grand allegations thinking, you know, just how this was so wrapped up in company culture um, and just talking to people through the years and what it was like. Um, Paul London's uh, recent, you know, podcast, I think it was with Paul Roma. I mean, he shed a lot of light on just what happened with, you know, the divas and the other women's wrestlers. They're always stuck on planes with the execs. They're always stuck in the same hotel rooms. Um, The pressure there. The fact that the Navy, uh, you know, according to Vice, they investigated Ashley Massaro's uh, um, allegations. When WWE, for the last 15, 20 years, has denied it, um, I mean, to me, that's that's a huge deal. Um, yeah, I know I, that, but, that really rocked. That really rocked the company when it came out, and John Laurinaitis yeah. said, "Yeah, this happened." Um,
2: well, he he said he said that they that they they knew about the allegations. I really want to know what was in that investigation by the Navy. And I think David Bixenspan, who actually put in a freedom of information, uh, a FOIA request to to get that information. And I'm sure other people have, too. He just talked about it yesterday with John Pollock. And so I'm I'm hoping to get it because it could have been like like the investigation could have been as simple as, yeah, we we read this. Somebody brought it to our attention. We asked around and we didn't get anywhere because it was like at that point you know, like a decade old story. And it's really difficult to go back a decade like that to get all the details of it. So they might not have really went forward with the information. So I'd really like to know what happened with that investigation. Um, and Dave Meltzer brought up something I didn't even know about that, that it, like, I guess before she had died, that she had actually apologized to the company for saying that. Did you guys ever hear that before? Because I had never no. seen that before.
1: I, uh, I had never heard it until Dave reported it.
2: Yeah. I I I had never heard that before either, and I have not had the opportunity to look that up. But um, I, I I thought that was crazy.
0: I want to know. I want to know what happened with this investigation because, I mean, like, because again, she's a suicide. Like, she died of suicide. Her, she's clearly not of right mind at the time. Yeah. I would like to know what the Navy found out. Maybe it was nothing. Maybe you're right. Maybe there was there was nothing there. But I think that I think Bix is going to find out about it. To be honest, oh yeah. If you put in that FOIA request, it's coming pretty soon. Like this is uh this is bad, especially like when you've got conspiracy. That's what we see all over the place. Where they're openly denying that these things are happening like publicly with a publicly traded company. Like these are this is bad. Like I I have a hard time seeing the people in charge of this company now making it the year. I really do.
1: I mean, I think a lot of it's going to come down to what TKO's legal strategy is, which is, you know, if we start firing people, then we look like we knew who was guilty and who was bad all the time. And um, otherwise, if you hang on to them and you wait till you have reason to get rid of them, you know, with legal cover, then that changes things. Um, I mean, I I don't, you know, I I expect to see a lot of cleaning out in the, uh, you know, up in the C-suite. And I think there's going to be a lot of cleaning out in other areas too. Um, But, uh, but also I just, you know, I think a lot of people are worried about WWE what's going to happen with it moving forward. I mean, to me, that's not top of my concern right now. I just, I'd like to see, you know, I know there's a lot of women out there who are victims of this stuff and I just hope that they're taking this opportunity to reach out to people, get, you know, and, and men were also victims of this stuff. I think I'd like any of the victims. I'd like to see them go out, reach out, get mental help, talk to somebody. Um, I'd also like to see people held responsible for this, so that um, this doesn't happen to anybody again. And I'd also like to see. And another thing is, there's a lot of women who wouldn't participate in this stuff, and it hurt them in their career. And it killed their career. And um, you know, they have a bone to pick with this too. You know, the ones that got pressure. Yeah, they got some benefits, but they got essentially assaulted. And then there's women that, because they wouldn't, you know, bend to the pressure, they had their careers shortened or hurt or went through abuse backstage in other ways. So hopefully that, you know, we see some justice for them in this too.
2: Yeah, hopefully. And, I, you know, I, I know it is a tough thing for, for people to come forward. I hope that some people do if they feel comfortable enough. The problem is, is that if and when they do... You know, Vince's attorneys are going to try to rip them to shreds, and then not only that, like his biggest defenders online there's some really fucking fed pill losers out there, vile. vile, vile, just vile human beings that are willing to defend Vince at, at all costs. I've seen them in uh, some of the videos that I've posted. I've actually started removing comments because I'm like, Yeah, I don't need that juju on my video. <laughs> um, so now they got to subject themselves to that, and uh, when really they've just been trying to move on, but. I hope I hope there's at least you know a couple that are willing to come out and testify against him um, if, if this ever does get brought up into an indictment. You, but you never know how this stuff's going to go. Like, the, here's the problem with Vince is he's been he's been Teflon, right? Like, how many how many people in the world have been you know you know investigated twice for trafficking, right? Like like this is it because like the Ring Boy scandal was absolutely trafficking, but trafficking. they were they were just more interested in the steroid stuff because. Like that was the hot topic of the day, like the baseball scandals and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, they really, they wanted to use, they, they wanted to leverage, you know, those people that were caught up in those scandals just to get information on Vince about the steroids when they just should have focused in on that stuff. They could have taken down a lot of people that way. Um, and I, I just don't, I, I don't have any hope that he's going to go down, but I, I hope that or I just contradicted myself, but I don't, ha- I don't have like, I don't have like a warm fuzzy that this is actually going to go through, but I hope that it does.
0: With the Bevy, if it, if the Bevy continues, Miss Callis talked about how they're getting phone calls from people every day. Now, who knows how many of those are, like, legitimate. But, I mean, like, people are going to start coming out of the woodwork, right? A lot of, there's been a lot of, like, weird little subtweets going on as it is. I don't know, man. I think this looks pretty bad for the entire company. I could see Ari just being like, okay, we're getting rid of all these people. Clean culture. We didn't know it was like this before. Until totally would save his own face, right? Yeah. Because, again, they all knew. They all knew that Vince was a problem, but they wanted the company. You keep Vince around because he got the company. Well, now they got the company and they don't need to keep any of the baggage. So I think it's time you you just, you call some of the baggage and then start from scratch because there's a lot of rotten human beings who work there.
1: Yeah. I I think that, you know, I I think for people inside the business, you're living in the business, you're traveling all the time. You're in that window. It's just hard to imagine Vince getting taken down because He's always survived everything. Um, I mean, he was, I mean, you had this, he got kicked off the board and he was in nine months or whatever, Um, you know, he's forced his way back in and then he's on the TKO board, but you know, you cover enough of this stuff and you're outside of that window, the world looks a lot different, but when you're a professional wrestler, you're inside there and your career is always, I mean, if you talk, I mean, one reason and. Conrad Thompson and Bruce Pritchett will show you this example, which is always kiss Vince's ass because he's the one secure paycheck that's out there. You know, and, you know, frankly, I'm getting sick of that whole side gig culture. And because I think it's poisonous and horrible and it's like disinformation. But um, that's one reason they do it. Vince was always that one dependable paycheck. Well, now you're seeing people like, you know, Bischoff came out pretty hard against some of the Alec, you know, what mm-hmm. some of the stuff that happened with Vince, but you know, Cornet, you know, you know, he had the one, you know, mistake where he decided to, you know, put his live reaction out with Brian Last, but then they followed up with a pretty strong, you know, I mean, Last sounded absolutely sick, you know, talking about the case after he read it. Um, and and they, you know, they said what a lot of people said. This thing looks dead to rights. Um, that it doesn't mean it will be dead to rights. I mean, Vince has abilities. He's got, he's got a ton of lawyers. He's a billionaire. He's got a lot of resources, but that doesn't protect everybody. Harvey Weinstein had more than that.
0: Just going to say Vince yeah. McMahon is a pimple. And they asked Harvey Weinstein and that guy's going to be in jail for the rest of his life. So, yeah. I mean, like if that guy can go down, there's not a doubt in my mind, Vince can go down. Cause you know, people, people actually held Harvey Weinstein in higher regard than they've ever held Vince McMahon. Like Vince McMahon's always been a, Carney, like he's fighting that perception his whole life but that's just what the mainstream like thinks of him don't let don't let the fightfuls of the world tell you different like the (laughs) mainstream has never respected (laughs) Vince McMahon I'm sorry I I hate Jimmy Van continue
2: (laughs) yeah so BJ here's my question if Vince does go down god willing if he does does he take WWE down with him or do they, or are they able to survive it? Because that's the thing about, you keep getting compared to Harvey Weinstein. And I think that's a perfect comparison. Harvey Weinstein's company went under,
1: right? Yeah. I think that the TKO buyout, it, it, I think that gives them a much better shot because, mm-hmm. you know, they're already in other hands. They already have TV deals taken down. Now, the problem there becomes okay, what happens with USA and Netflix and CW? You know, OK, we went under these deals under false circumstances that you guys had all this stuff taken care of or false, uh, you know, pretenses or whatever you want to say. But um, but to me, I, I I think they'll survive. It's just that you got a huge it's a huge property. It, it, it's it, it's it's more than just, you know, th- th- despite what the McMahon family will tell you, you know, WWE is more than the McMahon family. You know, it's Steve Austin. It's the Johnsons. It's, you know, it's the families in the bloodline. It's the Rhodes family. It's a lot of people. And, you know, there's a lot of talented people back there that work. I mean, Adam Pierce, Gabe Sapolsky, Paul Heyman, they all have massive creative experience. You know, there's there's ways they can survive, you know, and, you know, and it's in, you know, TKO is a very rich company. You know, it's going to be damaging, but they can bounce through this. And, I mean, it's not hurting them in the ratings. It didn't hurt them in getting all those people in the arena tonight. You know, maybe once the federal case comes out, you know, if they indict, which I think they will, maybe that hurts some things. Maybe maybe that changes. But, I mean, you're not seeing any of that coming across on Twitter or other social media places like Mike said.
0: Oh, I think social media is a bad place to take the temperature of something well, like that. That's true, too. Because it doesn't really- – the people who are talking about this, they care far more about who's Cody Rhodes going to fight at WrestleMania. Like yeah. imagine if they put, imagine if the wrestling media put as much effort into this kind of stuff, the effort that you've put in. Cause again, you have talking to all these people, you're an actual journalist. Not one of these guys that plays journalists on Twitter and just wants to be a, a content creator, like, you know, and that's what, that's, what's disappointing, but it just, it yeah. sure feels like this is different this time.
1: Right. I, I've tried, you know, just to talk about wrestling journalists. I've I've had some noted comments and back and forth with a few. And I, you know, one reason I've tried to push to them is that at some point you're going to be in a position where you're going to have to report on a story like this because this is the professional wrestling business. I mean, I mean, there was points where we had dozens of wrestlers dying a year, mm-hmm. and we're not talking guys in their 80s and 90s. We're talking guys in their 20s, 30s, and 40s. And you're going to have to make the decision okay, what do I do to live with myself? Do I cover this and try to, you know, do the right thing? Or do I go ahead with my content creation and my social, you know, engagement? And yeah, yeah, hey, hey, let's uh, make sure we keep our access for those pressers where we don't ask any questions, you know? Um, but it, it, to me, it's just, you know, it's going to have to change the media culture quite a bit, and um, I mean, and, and that's not just in wrestling; it's in sports and other places where it's getting more fan centered, influencer centered, and content creation centered. And um, and I yeah, and God, I forgot what the other part of your question was because I was ranting like an idiot. But no,
0: um, it's okay. I think that we're talking about like. I, we Mike and I are kinda of hard on the wrestling media, but I think at the same time they're just serving what they think their fan base wants. And I think yeah. hard to promise, I think the fan base has a hard time looking at this not in the kayfabe world, which is crazy enough because like Pro Wrestling fought to keep this kayfabe veneer real for so long that they yeah. eventually gave it up. And now the fans are the ones that are like, Hey man, we don't want the reality. We wanna talk about like we wanna talk about behind the scenes of kayfabe. We don't want to talk about real life problems. Oh, now, that- bothers me to be honest with you you, you i know know people i
1: know i know people that are smart to the business that have followed it and have inside sources and stuff and they don't even want to acknowledge this is happening they just you know they've even read the grant complaint and they're like oh that doesn't look like a real deal you know that doesn't look like this or that it's just like what planet are you on it's like now i don't now they're not going through my eyes looking through this i've worked i've been in federal courtrooms i've been in state courtrooms You know, I've been in there for murder cases and rape cases and sex abuse cases and other things. And, you know, and they don't see it the way I see it. But, I, you know, I think the reality is going to hit them at some point. And, you know, and I understand where you're looking to WWE for an escape. It's not a good time to live right now. Politics are divided. It's gotten into sports. Mm -hmm. You know, WWE is one of the few things that's just dumb, fun television. And, you know, now this is happening. So you know maybe that's maybe that's why fans are reacting they did i mean when i had a, my initial column about this last week i got absolutely torched um it was the same day the federal charges came out i actually written it a couple days before that and you know i basically said vince you know i was it was an editorial and this is my opinion i think vince is going to go to jail and i don't think there's going to be any mcbans left in the wrestling business and you know when i made my case out but man i got blown up for that and to me it looks like it's I don't think I said anything. It was all that outrageous. But, you know, this week, things have changed a little bit, I can tell you that much. It's like, okay, now another stone's in turn. Johnny Laurenitis, you know, there's that. And um, then, you know, people are kind of taken into fact that there's federal trade charges now. Um, I can tell you right now, even among the main roster, a lot of them don't understand what's going on with the whole case. I mean, I don't even think many of them know that there are federal charges. And I, if they, it is, it's maybe they're. I think they're probably finding out more as this has gone on, because you got to remember these guys are traveling all the time. They got families. You know, you are talking about women and men that are on the road traveling all the time, dealing with their own problems, and you know, they're thinking, "Oh, well, that's great. Paul's in charge now. I like him better than Vince." But it, it's not not quite that simple, and. You know, and you know, I hope I'm hoping none of this hurts any of them, but you know, and, and I don't think it will, but um, but yeah, I'm just glad this business is at a really strong point right now. I mean, that's one thing that's good, and um, that's for you know, AEW, I think TNA showed that. I think what happened to Scott the more, if unless something else comes out, I think it was kind of ridiculous, but you know, more they've been a great business, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, dude, Japan's just off to a very hot start to this year. They, you know, what they're doing in Chicago is phenomenal. You know, Mustafa Ali's, you know, should start his own promotion at this point. Um, he's, like, the hottest Indy act since Cody Rhodes. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of great things happening in the business that can probably help, you know, buffer what's happening with WWE. But, you know, I, I mean, to me, that's not my biggest concern. My biggest concern is seeing justice for victims, seeing victims get help, and, and hoping that this is a way for them to reach out, for them to get, you know, to, to get some care, to know other people care, to get some justice. And, you know, and if they have, you know, recover some of the lost the earnings they did.
2: Yeah, a- absolutely. And uh, and BJ, I'll let you go on this. I just want to get your your thoughts on this because J.D. and I have been pretty hard on the media all together. Is there just too many of them? Like, is that is that where we're at now? Because I remember when I was a kid, like, we had 12. Like, we had Meltzer and Keller and Bruce Mitchell and Mike Johnson and um, over on one wrestling.com. And I think, um, you know, he ended up working for TNA, but like Bob Woodward. Do you guys remember him? Yeah, <laughs> not Bob, Wood- that Bob Woodward. That's Woodward and Bernstein. Bob, Woodward. Bob, Bob Woodward. I was thinking of Woodward and Bernstein. I've been on a Nixon kick lately. Sorry. <laughs> way, di- way different way, there, man. Yeah, way, way different level. So is is the, the barrier for entry um, uh, to get in right now is just way too easy? Because now you got a couple of schmucks like JD and I have in podcasts talking about wrestling. And all of a sudden, people think we're journalists. Is that is that really like the problem right
1: now? Um, Well, I I think you guys are very smart on the business. You guys are very Mm -hmm. informed. Um, Your CM Punk coverage was very good and very correct. So I think you're among some of the best. Mm -hmm. I think this is one of the best podcasts on the internet for wrestling. I think you're definitely. I'm gonna gonna flip
2: this, post it, say thank you.
1: Well, go right ahead. You can say that and put my name with it. But uh, but I do think I think there's people that are in this and are not in it because they want to report or do journalism or write. I mean, back in my day, you wanted to be Dave Meltzer or Bruce Mitchell if you were covering it. I mean, my heroes were guys like sports writers like Tom Archdeacon and Hal McCoy. And, you know, in wrestling, it was Dave and um, Bruce Mitchell. And um, depending on if you were an opinion columnist or you wanted to be a news reporter or writer. And I think right now it's just you have a lot of people that are just you have too many people doing things that aren't journalism rate related that are saying they're media. And then they're not media. They're they're nothing. They shouldn't be at press conferences. You know, they, I mean, you know, I you know, if the girl can have an OnlyFans page and just do her reactions to stuff and then gets to ask five questions at a press conference, she shouldn't be there. You know, I I, I mean I mean, I'm nothing against what she's doing, but if She's not pressed. She's not asking anything. It's substance. You know, just, you know, there's a lot of, and it's a shame because there's so many voices out there that are good. Um, Samantha Shipman goes to a lot of AEW pressers, and she holds them accountable on women's wrestling like nobody else in the business. She's Uh, fantastic.
0: Held me accountable to country fucking music. (laughs) Still never going to let
1: that go. But, uh, but it says there's a lot of great voices and talented people that are caring about this stuff and know the issues and talk to people and understand the industry. And that's who we need to bring forward, but it's getting lost in the noise. And you're right. It's with the whole social media stratus. It's, you know, it spreads a lot of things out where you guys have a very intelligent, you know, very knowledgeable, and it's a fun listen to show, but you're getting buried between, you know, guys that are talking about beer and whose knowledge of the business goes back to, you know, when AJ Styles started in WWE, you know?
2: Well, thank you very much, BJ, uh, for educating the people. JD and I have been trying our best to talk about this case, but uh, we needed somebody in here with a lot of experience and a little bit uh, more of a knowledge base than JD and I to talk about the legal stuff. And I know that you have cover, like, legit, like, legal stories over there in Ohio Um, and so I thought you were the perfect guy to be able to bring on. I know you're, you're still digging on this tape. And, and and we're looking forward to your, uh, to checking out more of your coverage, man.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, you know, hopefully, you know, hopefully, you know, as we, you know, as I said, I hope a lot of victims get help. I hope people are able to get some closure out of this, whatever happens. I hope whoever, you know, the responsible gets held responsible and hopefully that happens. That's what I want to see happen. And, um, you know, if that happens, that'll be uh, that'll close a 20 year door that's haunted me in a big chunk of my adult life, my entire adult life. And um, and that's and, and, you know, getting to live to see it would be would, it'd be a nice thing for me. I can say that.
2: Well, thank you very much, BJ. We're going to let you go. I just want to get credentials here. You can follow BJ uh, on Twitter at BJ Bethel tweets um, and you can see some of his uh, some of his work on there. He's always posted his stuff. He, you've, he've he've uh, he's been a part of uh, Melbourne's The Age, Sydney Morning Herald, Washington Post, Chicago Tribune, Washington Post. Shout out Bob Woodward actually, Bob Woodward, <laughs> who got a shout out earlier for his for his, uh, his great <laughs> coverage of uh, of uh, Watergate. But uh, I only wrote
1: uh, for it, the Post once, but I'll take it, sure. Hey hey, it still a. counts.
2: Yeah, I've i I've, I've never written for anything other than you know my own website, and I just had a I had an article one day in Voices of Wrestling. Um, that I think got like 13 views. So thank you very much for being here. You're a a true gentleman, sir.
1: Uh, Well, thanks. You guys are great. And I love your podcast. You're fun. And you guys are good guys, too. So uh, hang in there. Thanks, Awesome, man. Take
2: care.
0: Take care.
3: In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking "Ah, maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card. But with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Off again, that's arena club.com slash VOW net, arena club.com slash VOW net for 10% off your first purchase on Arena Club, and we thank them for sponsoring the Voice of the Wrestling Podcast Network. What's going on, guys? This is Rich from the Flagship Podcast here on the Voice of the Wrestling Podcast.
2: So that, that, was, uh, that was BJ that was yeah. BJ Bethel, man. He was dropping some uh, knowledge bombs on us. That was awesome.
0: I like talking to BJ because he's so much smarter than us, especially when it comes to like real journalism. And he actually does the work, right? And yeah. that's like, and he'll tell you why I talked to, I talked to him Callis' people and I'm like, oh, okay. So you're actually talking to the people working the case. Okay.
2: Uh, so that's what a real journalist does. That would be correct. Like you got dipshits on Twitter alluding to shit, saying mm-hmm. they know stuff but not right. wanting to come forward with any, any, any information. They're just wanting to allude to it and being vague. And then they want to post links out there to their stupid fucking YouTube channels. Um, and without actually doing any real reporting. Um, and so that's why I want to talk to a guy like BJ who's actually out there grinding, getting the, getting the actual information, talking to legitimate people and and getting the stories out. So everybody make sure you follow BJ on, on Twitter. Um, so you can, um, check out some of his coverage man it's uh it's tremendous stuff and he's been really doing well on these stories
0: yeah agreed 100 percent. i love i love when we get to have bj on the show he's uh he's a great journalistic mind and he's got a point you know he, he calls some people out he's doing the right thing so um i imagine this is not the last time we're going to talk to him about this case
2: no i think i think as we learn more um and we continue to follow him and he and next uh next time he breaks something we'll uh we'll have him on um and uh so it's yeah. gonna be awesome BJ mentioned that WWE would
0: be all right with finding new creative voices. Well, it turns out Scott Damore <laughs> is in need of a job. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's what I got out of the I got on the show today and I was late because my kid wouldn't go to bed. And uh I couldn't help but notice our chat was just full of people wanting to talk TNA because that's our that's our roots. That's our <laughs> bread and butter. Like yeah,
2: I I actually wore my brace for impact shirt because I knew I knew we would get into some, uh, to get into some TNA talk, man. What happened? So, uh, you know, I got a chance to listen to the flagship. So Joe lands, actually talked to somebody within the company, like Joe, they did some actual real stuff and talked to somebody in the company. Right. And so, uh, we're going to, we're going to lean on him a little bit. So everybody check out the voices of wrestling flagship when it drops tomorrow. But I was able to check out their live feed earlier tonight. So, um, yes Scott DeMoro has been terminated as TNA president and uh, they have um they hired or they put in his place a guy that's been basically in the Anthem umbrella for like 16 years his name is Anthony Siciوني so it's a little uh, Italian on Italian crime here with Sisione uh, taking uh, Demore's job and uh, now we got JD Oliva another Italian to talk about
1: <laughs> it's hey hey um
2: so here's here's a uh, I gathered some of the info. I'm going to look at my notes here. So apparently Demore wanted to keep the company growing and he wanted to get another budget increase. Right. Um, Because, you know, they've got a little bit of momentum, uh, hard to kill. uh, You know, they're over 30,000 buyers on hard to kill, which is pretty freaking tremendous for a television show that that struggles to get a hundred thousand live viewers every week. Right. Um, It's on a super small network. Um, And they also sold, you know, 1700 tickets there in the, in the Pearl at the Palms. And so, Uh, We're like, Hey, we got momentum. We, we need to keep it going. We need a bigger budget. We need to sign more talent. We need better lighting. We need better cameras. We need all this stuff. They do. Um, Yeah. And because I'll be honest. So the Vegas, the Las Vegas show is hard to kill. And then the subsequent episodes, they looked really good, right? Like it doesn't look as good as AEW. It looks like a third tier wrestling promotion. So it looked better than New Japan in the States, right? It's a much better production than New Japan in the States. But it looked, you know, you know, in between like AEW and MLW. They're like right right there as far as their look. It looked better than what it was before, but still not as good as where it could be if you want to be a major promotion, right? um well since they've gotten to orlando and they did those tapings in orlando they taped a month of episodes it basically looks like impact wrestling era with a tna logo it's a dark arena there's not that many people there the crowd that is there is pretty loud but it still looks you know third rate essentially yeah. so i could see where scott Demore's coming from it's like hey we just did this but the guy that they brought in now this is according to lanza and so the Sicione guy he's more of a bean counter and he's looking to come in and cut the budget and to get the finances right because they're tired of losing money on this TNA gig. Um, TNA and Impact is, was, and always will be, according to Anthem, cheap programming for Access and Fight Network. Correct. That's what it is. I think Scott Demore was trying to make it something more. He was trying to make it bigger than than what they ever intended it to be. And they're not willing to take any more losses on that. So... so- um, right. They 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 want they want to cut the budget because they they don't see any return on investment. So they were, um, they did a, cor- a corporate restructuring, essentially moving TNA into the Anthem uh, into the entertainment wing of Anthem. So it was in the sports wing. Now it's moved over to the entertainment wing under Sisioni. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, uh, and then I'll let you talk in just a sec, J.D. Uh, Damore knew that he was losing power. Actually, uh, this is another thing that came out in PW Insider he he had known for a couple of weeks that he was losing power and he actually approached anthem with an offer to buy tna outright he actually had uh, financial backing from a from a bank uh, this, i don't think a lot of people know that um, scott Demore is independently wealthy like I his know family it. is this family is a big real estate you know com- like they're real estate moguls in this in the Windsor area the detroit windsor area He took over his dad's business. He's been running it very successfully for a long time. He doesn't need this shit, so um, he could have actually. um, He felt like he had the money to go ahead and purchase uh, TNA, but it it appears Anthem wasn't interested. Which is funny because I heard early in the morning that Anthem was interested in selling, but then I heard that no, they were listening to a a sales pitch by Scott Demore and they they essentially they turned him down and then they fired him basically.
0: So what I'm hearing is like they want so they were never really in in, t- in contention for guys like osprey or mercedes or you know uh okada like this was just like stuff we were punk like because if they're coming in and saying well, we need to cut the budget now like what would you have done if you have got a seven-figure talent on board
2: yeah you so know a lot, of, a lot of the information is conflicting out there right Big, big time yeah, so and, and maybe they were interested in in punk, right? And Osprey. Maybe they thought that, hey, we would get a return on investment. I think they would have with punk. I don't think they would have with Osprey. Um, and that gotta, not, has nothing to do gotta with build. talent. No, you got to build
0: Osprey here. You got to build Osprey in this country. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So um, and they they just don't have the infrastructure to be able to do that, right? So, um, but I think they they could have with punk, and maybe they were interested in signing CM Punk because you know CM like you know when CM Punk was in the UFC, UFC was on Fight Network. Right. So they like they're they like they see CM Punk and they probably see dollar signs and they're willing to go ahead and make that investment. Um, but whenever they missed out on all those talents, and then next thing you know, we're getting Ziggler and Ali and we're paying them a lot of money and they're not seeing the return on investment, which is weird that they would cut bait within a month. So I think we're going to find out a lot more about what really happened there. Um, but Lance is saying that this guy's just a bean counter and he's wanting to come in and kind of, uh, and get the budget right, and um, and that Anthem wasn't. And then P uh, W Insider, as Dobby was saying, P W Insider saying that um, uh, basically Demore wanted it to be this big thing, and Anthem just wasn't willing to play ball. And so that's you know essentially what led to their the the break there.
0: It's funny because that was like when Don Callis talked about their him and Demore's pitch to mm-hmm. Anthem to run the thing. They were they were, the idea was to run small, right? Run yeah. lean. So it sounds like Scott wanted to be bigger and they were just like no nah, we don't want to be bigger. We also don't want to sell to you. Yeah. So like this it's interesting. Um I don't think it's good, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah, I mean if this guys coming in cutting budgets, I mean, so he, he, here's the here was the fun thing about watching Impact in TNA. Part of it was the, seeing them grow every year, right? Seeing the improvements that they would make over time. Mm-hmm. Right. And then 2023 was like, I don't think creatively was a very good year. I thought 2022 creatively was very good, but 2023 broke was pretty green. bad um, Yeah, and, and broke JD. I think 2024 was primed to be their most successful year. And it just seemed like um DeMora just kept asking every single year for more and for more and for more. And then this year that kind of uh, like it was a struggle that broke the camel back. And then he, he, he saw the writing on the wall that they were never going to be fully invested into this uh, this thing that he loves so much that he would rather just buy it and then try to get his own tv deal which is beyond me because the there it's not going to get a tv deal the only reason it exists is because anthem bought access it was ne- like the show doesn't look good enough that for like a fox to buy right like they would actually have to pour a bunch of money into the production to increase you know, the way it looks and things like that for anybody to be interested. And right now they're not doing that. I mean, look, Tony, Tony Khan tried pitching Ring of Honor. Nobody wanted that, right? Like it's just, it's difficult to get a TV deal. They don't just grow on trees, right? Tony Khan just happened to have the right resources. And he said, look, I'm going like, like all in, right? Like I'm going all in, like I'm putting all my money into this and I'm going to make it look like this, this big budget thing. And I'm going to sell it to a broadcaster. And that's what he did. And Anthem just not willing to take that kind of risk. They're just not.
0: No. And it's, and I, I get it. It's their money. Yeah. Right. Like it makes, it makes sense to me, but at the same time, it's like, where does this go? You know, it doesn't sound like, it doesn't sound like they're in a really healthy position right now based
2: on that. Well, I morale is at an all time low. Right. And okay. here's the the crazy thing. You know, I've stuck with the impact podcast, impact podcast and TNA podcast been kind of boring because it's been relatively drama free. You don't have superstars, you know, punching out, you know, job guys named jungle boy, right. You don't have, or l- lunging at the owner. You, you don't, you don't, you're just not getting all of that. You know, those are fun shows. Know, yeah. And, and, and then going to WWE, like you're not, you're not really getting any of that. It was, like it's a small roster it's a tight knit roster and they were all basically family. And I think uh John Muse says it perfect right here in the chat said there was a family atmosphere. And then a lot of that starts with Scott and he cared about the company and history. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, essentially Anthem removed the one guy that loved TNA the most. Right. And got rid of him. Um, he was the guy that cared about it. And he was the one that wanted to bring it back. And he really wanted it to be kind of like, like maybe not take over. Like nobody thinks they've ever taken over AEW, but to be kind of like a player in the industry, that isn't just a temp a transition home
0: mm-hmm.
2: for talent right because that's what tna has been it's been a transition home for talent in between wwe runs mm-hmm. and he was hoping to make it a destination um, place
0: so i guess here's my question to you is scott had his hands in a lot including the booking who takes over as booker now that he's out
2: well it looks like it's going to be dreamer and uh, gail kim um which they, they've been on the booking committee already so they just lost scott um uh, so dreamer was kind of like in charge of that. And now who knows who the ideas are what uh, I am not. I think they need to just, they need to overhaul that booking committee completely because mm-hmm. I think they have a lot of tired ideas. And my problem with TNA um, as much as I praised hard to kill, I think, and then the matches that they had, I didn't think they came out of it with very good stories. And I think that's been a problem in that company for a long time. And it's been a problem honestly, since Don Callis left. Because ever since he left, it's been pretty much paint by numbers. It, everything's just been super safe, right? I can count on one hand how many awesome stories that we've that they've told in like the last three years, um, and now they've had a lot of great matches, right? But every company has great matches, and so and that's not the most important thing. They haven't really had anybody coming in and like they never really give you anything to invest yourself into, right? Uh, and I'll, and I'll take like NXT for example. NXT sucks, yes, sir. but but the trick Williams carmelo haye's storyline sucked people in and mm-hmm. had a tremendous payoff right and now they're continuing with this feud like you don't like like you kind of had that with moose and josh like i think that like you know we felt burned at first but eventually like they told a great story there you know but outside of that they haven't really told many great stories and and that's, that's the- three years ago
0: right like that was 2021 ish yeah right? yeah yeah so i mean like what sense like this is and this is when we did brace for impact every week this is what i would talk about is like we're going nowhere yeah like nothing is progressing like i got real excited for the honor no more thing and then circumstances kind of killed that before it had a chance to be like i just don't know i just don't know i don't see the path forward especially without like a good leader up front and i don't think that's tommy dreamer i just don't
2: yeah you know he's he's a guy that you keep in um you know, the talent like him and they'll work for him, but you need like a fresh creative, like a younger creative mind. Right. And not just like another guy off of the WWE fired shelf. Right. Like I, if, if I were them and I don't know if this information will ever get to them, but I know that some people listen to us I actually know people in that company. If I were them, I'd be looking at like, you know, your deadlock pro wrestling, like who's, who's booking on the indies right now doing cool stories and actually drawing money you know, who, you know, who out there, can you bring their ideas to your company? Something fresh and exciting <laughs> instead of just rehashing shit from WWE television and then rehashing guys from WWE main event, you know, tonight on TNA and I haven't watched the show yet tonight on TNA, they had Simon Gotch attack, Josh Alexander, Ugh. and now they're starting a feud and looks like they're going to be wrestling at the next, uh, at the next live event, right? Who wants that? Who wants that? Who no, wants no, that? Nobody no nobody and they're doing a feud between big con and pco and i'm just like look i love pco pco's great mm-hmm. but there's nothing more boring than big con like he's just a big lumbering oaf that nobody likes
0: right, right? And he's said that for 2 years on the show like yeah. i just don't i just don't see and like I, someone said oh they could bring in delirious again i'm like oh did
2: you watch those ring of shows? delirious has been there he's, yeah, he's on the he's on the committee yeah and it
0: makes sense that the shows are boring cuz he's boring yeah. booker like i just i don't <laughs> Without Scott, I mean, like, I, I, I had my qualms with the show, but I mean, like, he was a pres, he was a calming presence in the locker room, and people liked him. So when you're not getting paid a lot, it's good to at least like where you go to work. Yeah, but we seem to be stuck.
2: Yeah. Well, and so here, here's one of the problems they're going to be facing: multiple problems going forward. A lot of the talent had other opportunities elsewhere, and they signed with TNA because they respected Scott Demore because he is their coach, mm-hmm. right? He, he is like Moose. Not only trained, you know, was trained by Scott Demore. Scott Demore worked as his agent for a long time, brought him into TNA, and he's been there. And he just signed the longest deal in TNA history because uh, he felt like Scott Demore was going to be there, right? Um, Josh Alexander runs Scott Demore's wrestling academy in Windsor, so he he's there. Jade Chung is Josh Alexander's wife. Mm-hmm. who is was super close to Scott Demore. Giselle Shaw's, you know, competing for the Knockouts Championship. That's just, that's Scott Demore's girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Right. Like Jordan Grace, like had opportunities elsewhere, stayed with TNA because of Scott Demore, Right. So like you're, you're going to like uh, when a lot of these contracts come due, they're probably going to want to, you know, go either wherever Scott is or they're probably not going to be as loyal as they once were when maybe they probably shouldn't have been so loyal anyway. Always take care of your business. But they they wanted they wanted to be wor- with Scott because he was like you were saying that calming presence, like mm-hmm. he he looked out for them, he took care of them. Um, even, even if I had a lot of like issues with their booking, I just find it to be boring. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, I don't know it's a, it, it really is a tough deal. Now, if they come in and they bring in somebody young and exciting with a bunch of new ideas, right? Like, you know, uh, I, I talked about it earlier this week on the Patreon is like a breaking news audio. I was like, look, this is, this is like removing dusty roads and bringing in Jim Hurd right? Bringing in a TV exec. That's exactly Exactly what what it is. That's exactly what they did. Okay. When do they go to Kip Fry? And at one point do they try Bill Watts? And then where, when do they get to Eric Bischoff? Right. And I mean, like early stage Eric Bischoff, who had fresh ideas, who did a lot of cool things, who created this party like atmosphere before he, you know, realized he was a fucking Mark and got manipulated by everybody and blew up the company. Like, how how do they, how do they get to that point? You know what I I mean?
0: I don't have an answer to that question. Like, I just want to see them do something interesting because it seemed like they had a lot of momentum and now they don't seem to have a lot of anything. And, you know, losing, losing uh Trinity is a big part of that too. Like, it just, it seems like we just got reinvigorated and now we're back down. And now the top, now with the more, the morale is down and I just don't like what this looks like. It's headed.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's not looking good. I'll have more as more details come out. I'll talk about it this weekend on, uh, on brace for impact. Um, but here let's, let's go to the chat. We've had a lot of people in the chat all night. We, we had BJ on. And, um, so we haven't really had a chance to talk to people in the chat. Um, let's see. So David Hadley says, uh, Dreamer's creative is all like Bully Ray. It's very goofy. Yeah, Dreamer doesn't have a good record. He he booked mm-hmm. OVW for a while, and it was trash too. And I think he did a lot of the booking in ECW, and it doesn't hold up very well. No. Antonio Bang Bang Niner Gang says Dreamer ass on TV enough. For the old heads and wrestling. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, let's see. Josiah is in the chat. He said tonight's episode was more paint by numbers. It was fine. <laughs> nothing exciting. And that's been the that's been the thing with TNA and with Impact for a long time. It's fine. Like it's an easy watch. It's never like very bad. It's also rarely ever like very, very good. It's always pretty good. That's, that's been the thing. And then there's been some pay-per-views that I thought were awesome, but nobody gave it a shot because it's always typically fine. You know,
0: life's too short to watch mediocre independent wrestling. It's just, Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, Dobby in the chat says, I'm curious if this is where they bring back Sammy Callahan because Revolver has been killing it. That's That's pretty interesting. Wrestling Revolver has, um, you know, because Wrestling Revolver and, you know, Game Changer Wrestling and Deadlock Pro Wrestling, they have access to AEW, TNA, and New Japan talent. Um, They're able to book some pretty compelling stuff. I would like to see if some, okay, not Game Changer. I, uh, you know, I think they had, they did some cool stuff, but it's mostly like, you know gutter trash but you know if sammy callahan wanted to come in uh get a shot or somebody from prestige or somebody from deadlock i'd I'd be really interested in that um just don't mm-hmm. do the intergender shit and the death match shit i'm not interested agreed.
0: but agreed
2: yeah um uh, king of the north says hire chris hero i think he has a job Me too. <laughs> he, he works ring of honor that's why rachel rings back on tv mm-hmm. um <laughs> yeah um yeah, and then here we got uh, John Muse uh, in the chat says it depends on what they want. If they want cheap TV, being uh, they being Anthem, the creative doesn't mean much. If they want growth and quality, they need to invest in people with a plan and ideas. You know who they should hire? Now that I think about it, to take over creative, hmm. John Muse. <laughs> oh yeah, that's hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, yeah John, that's who they should yeah. hire somebody with fresh ideas. You yeah,
0: know? I advocate that. I think John Muse should be the new Booker of TNA. You know, yeah, they won't. But yeah, let's be.
2: let's start the hashtag we want John. Um, mm-hmm. he'll kill us if we try that.
0: He will murder both <laughs> of us in our sleep.
2: Yeah. Um, so it looks like we went a little overtime and that's fine. We will um we'll 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 keep it rolling. I want to get to our last topic. Um AEW rest- oh, you know what? Let's uh, Rossi Ogawa. Let's let's talk about Rossi just because I put him on the thumbnail. I don't want to forget that we were talking about mm-hmm. Rossi Ogawa. Um it looks like Rossi, um, yeah, he got fired by stardom. We talked about it earlier in the week. Um, and he's not exactly poaching talent yet, but a lot of talent has agreed to go with him to his next promotion that he is starting. Um, and, um, most, uh, famously is going to be Julia instead of going to WWE, she's sticking with Rossi Ogawa and I think King of the North said it in the chat, Rossi or Scott Scotty Ogawa, Rossi and Scott DeMore seem to be very comparable in this situation.
0: Yeah. I mean, Rossi. Rossi wanted control. Like he sold his company, made a lot of money and found out he wasn't gonna be able to control it. So then he's like, okay, fine. I'm out. And he's like, I quit. Well, you can't quit. You're fired. One of those kind of deals. Yeah. So I don't know, man. I wish, uh, I wish I knew more about Joshi to have more of a take on this, but I don't, I just, um, I don't know. It's, yeah. it's more of this pro wrestling hellscape that 2024 has been.
2: Yeah. It's been a while because, you know, we started the year off, you know, with Obari. Getting canned from New Japan, although they said mm-hmm. a mutual parting of the ways he got fired. Um, and of course, Vince gets removed from power and TKO, mm-hmm. uh, and then Rossi Ogawa and now Scott DeMore. I think we need to check in on Tony Khan, make sure he's okay.
0: Tony Khan's probably been a little busy last week, you know, he's uh having a good time, his Twitter was entertaining, so yeah, uh... so
2: and his his uh, show Dynamite this week was one of the best that I've ever seen. I think like it was, yeah, it was a great. I thought it was, you know, top to bottom. I thought it was just a, a badass show, man. Yeah, I agree. A great show. Um, guys in the chat is, has, has AEW restored your feeling? That's been uh suit. Williams has been talking about that. Like that AEW has restored the feeling. And I think caught in all the chaos that is pro wrestling. Um, as the pro wrestling world is burning down around everybody. Um, I think that AEW is finally back on track and is kind of reigniting um, my interest in that promotion. Because uh, I'll be honest, by the end of last year, I was no longer interested in it. But this mm-hmm. year, like I think they have, they've really got me back.
0: Yeah, it's been a good year so far. It's only February. It's been a crazy year so far, but it's only February, so gotta see where it keeps going.
2: Yep, uh Dobby in the chat says a uh, big issue for Tony show's been great lately but fans aren't coming back yet. Well, that takes time, right? You mm-hmm. got you got to have sustained superior performance mm-hmm. and then eventually people will come back. Last mm-hmm. night's episode was one of the best they've had and the the rating was a complete disappointment. But it's not this week that matters. It's what they do next week, right? It's like can they carry over you can gotta they get a word of mouth and water cooler talk to tell people to right. keep watching.
0: You got to build momentum and it takes I mean, you've lost your momentum. It takes months and months to build it back, and that's when really, they lost. They lost a lot of their momentum, and it's not going to turn around in six weeks. Like it's, they're not going to start changing that around till probably June.
2: Yeah, uh, King and the North said I'm not all the way back, but Tony Khan is getting some goodwill back for me. That's good. Um, Io Productions, Io says y'all left out Nick Hausman, Mike. Yeah, Io wanted me to make fun of Nick Hausman, and I would love to make fun of Nick Hausman. So Nick was one of the guys that flew himself to from Chicago to Las Vegas on his own dime for his own shitty little website to Dork. go, be a, to go be a part of the pep rally. And then when he found out that he couldn't ask any questions, he just left.
0: <laughs> I don't blame him for leaving. I mean, better than sticking around and being a complete and total Mark the whole weekend. So yeah he's,
2: he he's been brutal on this TNA stuff. He's been really latching on to this story that he wrote with the the guy kid ref. Mm-hmm. Remember that little kid referee? Well, he mm-hmm. was saying that um you know because there was a a sexual harassment case in in uh, Impact back in the day and then um and I I know the names are involved in that case but I can't really say them, but uh, you it's the names are out there if you just look them up. But mm-hmm. um um and kid ref said that it was kind of a sham investigation. Well, and that uh, Scott Demore and Don Callis and all these other people are all these evil people. But then he willingly admits that Kid Ref is a piece of shit and that maybe that guy is also full of it. So I don't know what to believe. Maybe it was a sham investigation. I don't know. But um, apparently – and Bix's fan has been on this too. So there was a sexual harassment case, and they brought in somebody who they reported as an independent HR firm to investigate it. Well, it turns out the HR person was somebody that they knew who also now works with that works with their company. That's a little, that's a little fishy. I just don't know that Demore had anything to do with that. He right. was the EVP of impact, but that's all legalese Anthem stuff. I does not like now if Demore was the perpetrator, which that's never been even rumored, then maybe we've got some, but it didn't appear like Demore had anything to do with that. But, but, um, Nick Houseman wants to connect the dots and point the fingers at Demore, but he's not really presenting a case. He's just alluding to it. Like a right. fucking loser that he is.
0: That's what he does. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, as a shit show. Yeah. That. A show, and Larry Dallas took him to task. So uh, uh-huh. thanks for thanks, Larry Dallas. Um, but I, Antonio, I see your I see your comment on the chat. I'm not going to put that up there, but because uh, I, I uh, yeah, we're on the same page. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're we're on the same page, uh, guys. I, I don't know if you guys can see, but JD's falling asleep, and I'm struggling. Yeah, it's I'm, time for me to go to bed.
0: I'm so, so hurting today, man.
2: It's okay. I just wanted to make sure I we got through all of our topics. I, just, yeah. I had like I had like a list. I advertised the topics and I wanted to make sure that I hit them. So um and so I don't think we're doing overtime tonight. So me and JD would try to do that some other time, but we'll try to get more into our Sting series. Um JD, we got I want you to do the big hard sell. Um I we got something cool happening on Patreon. Yeah. Coming up soon. Talk about so, it um i
0: think we'll probably launching maybe tomorrow uh i i had some some success with uh an old documentary that i did about 12 years ago and it caught a little bit of fire some facebook forums and stuff like that and it's been kind of fun so i said hey you know i got other ones that i could throw it out to and mike goes yeah i said to you i'm like hey can i put it on our our youtube page and you're like yeah let's put it on the patreon i'm like yeah that's a great idea so in 2010 i got a phone call from a third grade teacher in a small town in Iowa, they, this, this school was pretty good little wrestling school called independence. Um, they were trying to get their community to pass a referendum to help build a new high school and the referendum had failed. So their idea was we're going to make a documentary talking about our program and you know, why our school needs to be better. So they shot all this stuff, but they had no idea what to do with it. So I developed a little bit of a reputation in the wrestling community as a documentary guy. And they called me and said, hey, can you help us with this? And so I went out there and talked to him. And I figured, well, you got the bones of a documentary, but you don't have, like, the meat. So I moved out there. I lived out there for about two, three weeks. And I got a vibe on the town. And I finished I finished their story for him. I Cody Rhodes did. Like... Um, I brought my production crew in, and we we just kind of we redid some interviews, and I found the narrative thread of the story and and put it together. And it was uh we actually screened the movie about six months later in a theater in that town, and it moved the town. They passed the referendum and built a new high school. So, and it was uh it's a pretty damn good little documentary. So, uh, again, I haven't well, I haven't watched I watched it this week for the first time in a decade easily, and um I'm it's, it's all right. So I kind of want I want to give a chance to you guys to check it out before. I started bugging people the first life to watch old work of mine. So we figured it'd be uh something cool we could do. So I appreciate your idea on that one, Mike.
2: Yeah. Independence, a uh, wrestling with a community mm-hmm. is going to be by the time. So if you're not watching live, if you're just checking this out on uh, the voices of wrestling podcast feed or the Mike and JD show podcast feed, um, you can go to patreon.com slash the Mike and JD show and uh, it will be up. Uh, I'm actually going to put it up as soon as uh, we're done with this. Uh, we're done with Rocket this on. podcast. The video is already ready to go. It's already uploaded. I just got mm-hmm. to post it and it's going to be on Patreon. Uh, so please uh, check it out. Plop your five bucks down and support uh, JD's project. Um, a lot of people are, he's, he's very happy with it. It's a great documentary. I think you guys will really enjoy it. And I think more of that will, will more of that to come. Uh, we, we might start putting up some more of uh, JD's classic stuff up, up on yeah, the Patreon. I got stuff. Yeah. Uh, absolutely so thank you everybody for being here thank you everybody all the all the brothers in the chat i really do appreciate you um oh sorry my mouse just dude my mouse just quit i'm trying to get out of here (laughs) thanks to everybody in the chat i really do appreciate you patreon.com slash the mike and jd show and until next week mahalo uh, uh 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 competitions aren't to get thick it's the click so I hope
0: you want your eight game eight mate no way from the track when united this isn't a game
1: better bring your eight game, game. Competition starting to get thick it's the clip, so you a click so I
3: hope you brought your eight game eight mate no rain. My name is Tyler Fornace and I am one of the co-hosts of The Good, The Bad and The Hungy AEW
1: podcast here on the Voice of Wrestling Podcasting Network We take a broad scope approach to the world of All Elite Wrestling and the entire universe of Tony Khan. We talk about the big matches, the big stars, the promos, the storylines. And we also look at it from a big picture perspective. How are things going to change over the course of the next 10 years with AEW still in the picture? How are companies like WWE going to adapt and adjust to AEW, and are they going to be a similar way like they did with WCW in the late 1990s? Will there be a counterpunch? We talk about all of that and more on The Good, The Bad, and The Hungry every week on the Voice of Wrestling Network.